Hello and welcome to Job Search Guide on LJN Radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Now, Job Search Guide is exactly that, a place to give you advice and strategies to utilize in your quest for a job. And we do that by bringing in experienced professionals to share their knowledge in this area. Today, we're looking at some bolder approaches to getting noticed and sought after by employers, both via social media and otherwise. We're mainly talking about when you get to a point of desperation in your search, however. Now, our expert guest has pretty much done it all in the world of career and employment. Nearly 30 years as a career coach really interested us, but his professional resume really runs the gamut of fields that he's been involved in. Joining us from California is Marty Nemko, and be prepared because he does not pull any punches. Thanks for coming on today, Marty. My pleasure. Now, obviously, I tried to encapsulate a little bit of what you do, but we want to give uh, all our guests always a chance to let the listeners know what their career has been like, what sort of uh, what their profession has been like for them, and if you could fill us in a little bit, I'd appreciate that. I'm probably a, a man of a thousand failures and a few successes. I've done, I've had a bunch of different careers. I was a professional pianist from when I was 12 years old. I was the youngest kid ever to play the piano in a Bronx bar, leading a bunch of old drunks uh, singing "When Irish Eyes Are Smiling." Oh, Quite nice. I wasn't even shaving yet. And then I was uh, a medical researcher at the Rockefeller University. Then I uh, perhaps mistakenly got caught up in the civil rights movement, quit this prestigious gig at the uh, Rockefeller University, became a drug counselor in inner city, failed terribly. The kids were running around the room. They wouldn't pay attention to me in my rap groups. It was disgusting. So I quit and went and uh, figured that I was a loser and I needed more education. And so I went and got it. I did get a doctorate from Berkeley in education Went back to teaching, uh, found that I, well, I liked it and the kids loved me. I didn't feel I was making enough of a difference. Then went um, and did become a professor uh, at Cal State Universities and then at Berkeley. Uh, and uh, then when, um, frankly, when they found that I was told privately that uh, although I had applied for 100 jobs, I had not gotten one tenure track job. Um, the chair of a department said, Marty, you are by far the most qualified candidate, but you don't stand as close to a chance of getting it because you're a white male. Um, huh. that kind of gave me the, uh, the clue. And then I said, what the hell am I going to do? And I said, what do I care about? And it's work. And so I decided I'd become a career counselor. That's it in a nutshell. So pretty much a direct path. You knew exactly what you wanted to do from the <laughs> beginning. Yeah, no, it's, Exactly. It's good to hear. Just, you know, just so everyone knows out there, it's exactly how it went down. Now you also, and obviously utilizing the experience and knowledge that you've uh, attained over the years have authored a number of books. Seven. Um, my sixth book, I did two books last year. One is how to do life, what they didn't teach you in school. Mm -hmm. And then when I decided to get a really big head and think about, I could change the (laughs) world. I wrote, what's the big idea? 39 disruptive proposals for a better America. Well, hopefully our listeners will be interested in checking that out. And I'm sure after listening to the show, they will have a lot more interest in it. So let's jump into the topic. They'll buy it by the thousands. They're going to buy it. They're going (laughs) to literally, they will just, they'll just buy out the, the stock. There won't be any left. Well, this is your chance to, to sell yourself. I'm, I'm sure you've, uh, you're used to that, obviously, all the different, different avenues you've taken so far. Well, let's jump into the topic a little bit, though. I mean, obviously, I'd seen the article you had you'd written about um, the idea of social media and these bolder approaches, Hail Marys, as you've called them. But uh, first and foremost, how valuable do you see social media as being a part of, of searching for a job nowadays? So-so. You know, you think, you know, if you don't use it, they think you're a Luddite, you know, that you're back <laughs> in, the, you know, in the 14th century, you're still using 8-track recorders, 8-track uh, players. But really, in the end, um, you, most people, unless you are truly like a social media ninja, should only use it a, a small percentage of the time because mm-hmm. it takes a, it's a, it's a really, it's a pretty big time suck. Mm-hmm. And most employers really don't end up using it very much. Uh, the phrase I like to use is focus more on coffee than the cloud. But yeah, you got to use it a little bit so you might as well be smart. 
So at what point then are you saying somebody maybe, you know, uses these Hail Mary strategies? I mean, is it is it after you're struggling for a month or longer than that? Is it just you have nothing to lose? What, what exactly do you look for? What advice would you give if somebody asked you about that? It's a, it's a gray area. It's a gut feel thing. You're saying, sure. you know, you've done the traditional crap. You know, you've, you've gone to networking meetings. You've answered a bunch of ads. People are yawning at you. You know, they say, oh, I'll get right back to you. And they never get back to you. Right. You know, at some point you get the message that it ain't going to happen with the traditional approach. So it's time to, you know, it's like the fourth quarter. You're about to get tackled and, you know, be carried off the field in a stretcher. It's time to go and maybe pull out the Hail Marys. And so that's what we can talk about today, those kind of long shot strategies. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because obviously we have shows on here to talk about those traditional methods. And, uh, you know, look, sometimes they don't work. Maybe you're just not executing things properly. But Or sometimes you suck. You know, sometimes we always say <laughs> the strategies aren't right. Sure. You know, sometimes, pe- you know, we, we live in the land of self-esteem. And there's a million people who think they're great and they really are below average. You know, half the people by definition are below average and no employer wants below average. So if you're, you're seeking this job as a widget manager or whatever, you know, and you're putting out all this, this, you know, all your stuff, they may just think this guy's dumb or this woman is, you know, lazy or this woman is just does, is emotionally clueless or she's in too intense or whatever it is. So, you know, it's not always a matter that your tactics aren't right. The most important thing you should do if things aren't working well is to look inward and ask yourself, are you more, you are bigger on the self-esteem than you are in reality? Are you big hat and no cattle? Wow. I, uh, I, I'm not even going to punctuate that. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely let you go on, on those, uh, on those uh, issues there. But, okay, we are talking about strategy, obviously, in this case, though. So if, if we're looking right. at these sort of, you know, let's say the person, they, they are pretty great, but for whatever reason, it's not working out. We're using these social media tools. Uh, the one thing, obviously, that popped out to me was this idea of, of, I think you phrase it, a risky photo, not risque, but risky photo, uh, whether it be on LinkedIn, Facebook. Now, what, what's sort of the idea here? What, what do you have in mind when you're talking about a risky photo? Well, certainly sometimes a risque photo may be the fastest. I wasn't going to go there. Yeah, I don't know. You're the the expert. You tell me if that works. (laughs) Well, you know what? For the right job, it absolutely works. (laughs) Unfortunately, if there was an American motto, it would be sex sells. And it does sell. So, you know, I'm not saying, you know, if you're a woman that you should have cleavage down to your navel showing. But certainly looking attractive uh, and, you know, and not asexual is not a bad thing for most jobs. We're human beings. The people who hire you are not robots. Yes, there are the automated tracking systems that track your resume by computer. But in the end, it's a human being. And unfortunately, and I do hate this look as society because I'm not a great looker myself. <laughs> but if, you, know, if you, you do want to look your most attractive without being phony, because if you create this phony picture that it's really fuzzy and it's really distant and it makes you look like you're 25 and hot, and then they go and they meet you in the interview and you're 45 and cold, then they're really, you know, then they're going to feel deceived and no employer wants a deceptive uh, candidate. But you want to create the most attractive picture you can while still seeming credible. So when they see you, you say, oh, yeah, that's that person. So that's standard. But the edgy thing is, instead of the usual deer in the headlights, you know, head and shoulders shot with the pleasant little American smile. Nobody mm-hmm. like, you know, people prefer smile to earnest. This is not Europe. In Europe, They'd want you to be more earnest. That's hmm. going to get you a job more. America is the land of ha-ha. America likes fun. America likes, likes, likes somebody who's upbeat and chipper. Chipper is another word that people, you know, not everywhere, but in general, people prefer chipper to earnest. So, you know, to tell you the truth, I am actually a very serious guy. But you know what works on the radio? This, what mm-hmm. I'm doing with you right now. Mm-hmm. That's what people like. And so reality is when you're marketing to, a, to an open population of employers, you're wiser to be edgy and cute. So that, for example, if you are an Apple program, 
instead of just sitting there and you know staring into the face looking like the engineer that you are instead sit at the computer maybe wear an apple cap turned around sideward or or backward or even sideward and show yourself with you know looking into a, either a page of code or even the apple logo on the screen it shows that you care it shows you're a little edgy it shows you'll be fun somebody who they'd want to work with do you think that really works my first thought is it's a little cheesy it's a little it is forced. cheesy okay it is cheesy, but what happened, remember, we're talking Hail Mary. Right, right. The standard techniques, you know, you normally try to do it with your standard techniques and get by on your substance rather than your, you know, on your stake than on your sizzle. Hmm. But if you've got your standard image and it ain't working and you're saying the guy's great anyway, there are some, and I'll use the word schmucks, stupid fools who really do buy hype. America is filled with hype. Think of how many commercials sure. are hype, 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 hype. And so, you know, many employers are not averse to be, are not, are, are, are not immune to, to hype. So fine, be cutesy. Some people who are bosses love fun people. They want the Frisbee players. And so, yeah, it's some, you know, if the traditional methods aren't working, yeah, it may make sense to go for something that feels edgy. So would you not, in this case, be concerned about any, any sort of discrimination against, whether it be race or age or anything like that? Because at this point, you are just in this, I don't want to say desperation moment, but you kind of are there. What does that have to do with race? I mean, if, I don't care if I'm, if I'm green, if I'm from Mars, I'll be still wearing that Apple cap, uh, you know, looking at the computer. You know, this has nothing to do with race or gender, right? Well, in theory, yes. But I mean, that's again, that's the traditional advice you'll hear is that you avoid using a photo unless it's for like a modeling or acting. Oh, type but thing, no, so. that's ridiculous because, you know, everybody you're expected on Facebook and LinkedIn to have your, your photo. Absolutely. Now, you know, and let's say you even let's say you are but ugly. And so you are reluctant to put your 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 uh, your picture up there. Well, in the end, they're going to meet you. And if they if an employer doesn't want a but ugly person, they ain't going to hire you anyway. Better to reveal your true self. And by the way, that is a theme throughout our entire conversation. It is darn serious. You know, it's easy to present a phony, positive picture of yourself. Mm -hmm. I, you know, but in the end, number one, either you're, once they meet you, they'll see you, that's not the real you. Or if you and even manage to bamboozle them in the interview and you get hired, you're probably going to screw up. It's not the right job. The, really, at, at, at the core of everything, I, I, I profoundly, now I get to be my serious self. I truly believe that the most important thing, the trump card is always integrity. If you present both your strengths and your weaknesses throughout the job search materials, through in your resume, in your cover letter, in your, in your uh, LinkedIn, in your Twitter, in your tweets, tweet bios, in your interview, everything, cosmically, that's the right thing. You will get rejected for the wrong jobs, accepted for the right ones, and at the risk of sounding sanctimonious, you'll be able to sleep at night. You'll feel good about who you are. This, we live in an America that has become wildly hypey. Everything politicians or, or companies or job seekers say is laden, is larded with, with BS. And privately, most employers, most human beings are lusting after integrity, after honesty. So if in throughout your applications, you are clearly making, you're making clear your, your, that you have weaknesses too. For example, if I'm applying for a job, I would say, along with my strengths, that I'm a terrible team player <laughs> because I do not, I really dominate teams, as you might guess already. Mm. I dominate teams. I'm offensive. I'm, I'm, I'm intense. I'm informal. I curse. I'm not the right guy if they're looking for a team player. Sure. I, I'll say my strengths, that I am 
very, you can give me a very hard project and it will get done on time quickly and, and, and with at low budget. But if you need a team guy, I'm not the right guy. And so the wrong employers, the employers, the typical corporate employers, look, or nonprofit employer, we're looking for somebody who's a team player who, you know, all that, they don't want me. And so I'll get rejected from the wrong jobs, accepted from the right ones. And so whether it's your picture or the narrative you present in interviews or whatever, integrity, your truth is primary. You know, it's hard to argue with a lot of what you're saying. I mean, especially the, the hype aspect of it and, and sort of selling yourself as opposed to being yourself is, is a lot what I hear. I mean, do you see that being a cause of, of just a lot of the issues that we hear about employment and employers and what they're looking for? I mean, do you, do you point to that as, as sort of the, as you put it, the BS aspect of it? It is huge. We accept, we hire resume, right? We maybe not be able, you know, employers use resumes to screen not just your work history, but your ability to write, to think, mm-hmm. to produce an error-free document. And you go and you hire some resume writer. Well, that you are, you are just, you're a faker. It's like hiring somebody to write your college application essay. And so employers are justifiably skeptical, not just because they may, you may have hired a resume writer, but because studies, there was a study done by CareerBuilder that found that over 40% of resumes contain some exaggeration, what I call creative writing. So employers are terrified of the BS that's going on. Sure. And they often can't see through it. So they then hire people and they end up having to fire them really quickly. The amount of turnover is enormous. America the, the, is a land of BS and it is part of the reason that America is in its decline. Perhaps this is worldwide, but I really think the hype is getting worse. The dishonesty is getting worse. Well, you know, I appreciate obviously the, the straightforwardness that you bring in the bluntness. And that's I, I really do like to hear that because we hear so much of, you know, what you might call coach speak or business speak or whatever you want right. to call it, as, as you've been right. describing here. And you, you brought up the idea of language. Though, you brought up the idea of writing. I did want to touch on that. When, when you're talking about with the social media aspect of it or, or maybe trying to, to have that honest assessment and, and honestly write about yourself, what do you point to then in terms of what kind of language you're using or, or how you present that, that information, I guess it would be? Critical question. You must rid yourself. You must leech yourself of any job seeker speak. I do not want to see one word that says, I'm seeking a dynamic opportunity with a growing high velocity organization that's interested in profit maximization. No, every employer really knows that that's a stupid game. And yes, some employers are stupid and they expect you to play that game. But really what you want to do is tell your human, underline the word human story. You want to speak in your normal conversational language. I'm not asking you to be dumb. Mm. I, th- I like to think that in this conversation, I've not appeared to be dumb, but I've certainly not been scripted. I'm not using stereotypical cliched language. I'm being Marty Nemco. I'm being, frankly, I'm trying to be my most intelligent and thoughtful Marty Nemco, but I am certainly not going to be using language that is other than utterly authentic. And that is what I think needs to be the thread through the writing. Ask yourself, if you were the employer, would you be thinking that this job applicant is one of those BS artists, or is this a real human being who might be somebody who I could trust? Uh, I'd have to say I'd take you in a second over a lot of the things I might hear. So, I mean, I guess that, that sort of belabors the point right right there, right off the front. So uh, definitely, right. def- definitely see your point with that. How about the other side of social media where you're talking about networking and joining groups and commenting and, and liking and sharing? Is that overstated? Is that something that yep. does have some, yep. some value? That's okay. where the time suck. That's where the time okay. suck is really bad because it takes a lot of time to write posts. And there's so content that we are buried in mountains of content. There's so much out there that unless you're a true superstar, let's say you join a LinkedIn group and you, and you are somebody who is a, uh, you know, a, a Python programmer, unless you're cool hacks, 
for how to use Python and integrate it well with Ruby on Rails are brilliant. You're just another schmuck who's commenting. And it takes a lot of time, and it ends up not going to be what's going to get you the job. So unless you're a star, forget about that. And, this, of course, the stupid you know, reading your Facebook you know, tweets and your Facebook excuse me, posts and the updates, and you know, it becomes way – everything has value. The question is, is there a better use of your time? Job seekers only have a certain amount of energy that they're going to put into the job search before they burn out. It's like you start with a full tank of gas. And if you use up too much of that gas on stuff that is not likely to pay off, that is, you know, making lots of Facebook updates, posting pictures of your family, uh, uh, joining these LinkedIn groups and making these constant comments, it's probably going to burn out more gas than it's worth. And you may run out of gas before you reach the finish line and get a job. I'd rather see you do a few things that are really smart, which is when we have one of the things we haven't talked about yet is having a brilliant headline. People are, we are in inner space, inner internet time. Mm-hmm. People do everything really, really quickly. They may not be, they may have already left this interview because they expect the two minute or we're going to be talking for 20 or 25 minutes or whatever. In, so your picture and your headline end up being the most important thing. So, I want you to think, though, not just edgy in your headline, but I want you to think search engine optimization. One of the things that employers do do when they are searching or headhunters is they are searching on certain keywords. So rather than, for example, let's say you are the aforementioned software engineer who's, uh, you know, wants to be, a, you know, do work for Apple, instead of saying, you know, hot coder uh, seeks to... Uh, to uh, polish the apple or something, you know, cutesy like that. <laughs> better, it's better to say something like top software engineer uh, specialized in elegant code. Something that goes beyond the stereotypical, mm-hmm. but uses the, uses the search engine optimizable term software engineer, because that's what they're going to look for. But then have something, especially if you're going for the Hail Mary route, that's going to give you an, an edge like elegant code. Right. Now, another part of this Hail Mary side of things, and I know maybe you would suggest this in some cases also, the idea of offering to do some work for free, I guess, really showing, look, this is this is what I can do. This is what I am. End of story. None of that cutesy stuff. I mean, what's your suggestion with that? I mean, do you really go forward with offering free work just to possibly get a paying job? Yeah, I think it's, it's an appropriate Hail Mary thing. I wouldn't do it right away because right. it would appear desperate. But if you are desperate, <laughs> you know, I, I like to call this the Costco technique. Uh, Costco doesn't give away free meatballs because they're trying to feed the homeless. They're giving away free, a free meatball because they want you to buy 10 pounds worth. Right. So it's the same thing with you. If, if your resume and your, your narrative, your story, whether it be on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, resumes, whatever, is just not that compelling. If you're a yawner, if you're like the tens of the zillion other people, well, I've got organizational skills and people skills, and uh, you know that, that's going to make everybody yawn. So at that point, and if they have been yawning at your, your queries, it may well be wise at that point to offer to say, um, you know, I really love what I'm doing and happy to give you a sample. If you've got a, a small project where you could use an extra, you know, an extra person, love to do it. Just email me. We'll make it happen. And notice the informal language I'm using. Sure. I didn't sound dumb, but I'm using informality. Again, I'm human. But yes, at the right time, offering a sample is a, is a good way to, uh, to up your chances. Well, Marty, you've definitely, uh, you know, I think hit everybody right in the face with sort of this bold approach, and uh, but not fake, as we've talked about. It's it's you, and that's I, obviously, like I said, like I I really appreciate what you appreciate what you brought to us today. 
any other bold strategies, any other things that you would just say, look, if you need to stand out and you're just, it's not working for you, maybe it is you, but you need a way to stand out. Anything else that you would just say, hey, here's another Hail Mary, here's another shot you can take. Yeah, um, I'd like to suggest one that is not social media. Okay. Um, one that I feel is really helpful and is as a Hail Mary, it's not standard, is to walk in. I want to tell you an example. If I called you up in the middle of the night and I said, and you didn't know me, and I said, there is, I have this baby here, and I need somebody to take, take care of it, um, at least a, a, for a while, you'd probably say, thanks, but I really can't do that. Is that right? Yeah, probably. But let's say it's three in the morning, and your doorbell rings, and there is a basket in front of your door when you answer it with a baby. Would you take the baby in? Uh, definitely, in a second. Right. And so that's the point. Hmm. Very often, if you walk in, it's much more difficult for them to ignore you. It's really easy to ignore bits and bytes, an email, a voice, even a voicemail. But there is this flesh and blood human being shows up and you say, you know, you don't sound obnoxious, but you say, you even, you really, you're being super honest. You know, I'm really a little embarrassed in doing this, but I am a, uh, oh, let's say I'm a forensic accountant who has heard about your company and uh, there is this impenetrable firewall. And because I, you know, I, I figured I have nothing to lose, I would, uh, I would come in and uh, uh, just hand, if I could hand you my resume and cover letter, and maybe even uh, if I'm lucky, there's somebody you think I should talk with, I'd love it. And you know that doesn't always work, but it's a hail mary that's worth doing. Right. Now you might you might say, but wait a minute, every company these days has a security guard. How do you get past that? <laughs> well, uh, you can't. And I've had many clients do this. What they do is they show up at the company when most people are showing up in the morning for work, 8 or 8.30 in the morning, and they look for a nice-looking person before they get to the security guard. And then they tell, again, their human truth. They say, I know this seems weird, but I'm this forensic accountant, and I would love to work for HP. But of course, I can't get past the security guard. Would you mind at all if I come in with you? And usually, after one or two or three requests, somebody says yes, mm -hmm. and then they say, she's with me. And voila, you're past the security guard. And then you just give your pitch to the receptionist when you get to the right office. And again, it's a Hail Mary, but right. that's a Hail Mary that can often work. I love it. I think I think it's great. I mean, I, I love talking about these sort of outside-the-box things because we do hear so often those those traditional methods and, and as you talked about, uh, some of the hype as opposed to the, the nuts and bolts like you talk about. Marty, it's really been a pleasure. I just want to sort of open up the floor. If you had any other uh, any other things you wanted to, to mention in terms of these bold strategies, social media or otherwise, um, you know, again, I've appreciated the the honest answers you've given and, and really hopefully given our listeners something else to think about. Is there anything else that as a good takeaway from this sort of subject that you'd like to leave the listeners with? Yeah, I'll just be a pig. I'll say the only thing you need to remember is I do suggest that you visit my website. I, have, I give away it all. I really, I've had over a thousand articles published and they're all free. Um, and I like to think that they are the not obvious ideas regarding career education, also changing the world. Uh, it's martynemco.com. That's M-A-R-T-Y-N-E-M-K-O.com. Uh, and also my latest books, um, one is called How to Do Life, What They Didn't Teach You in School. It's available on Amazon. And the other one is where my head get really big and I think I know how to change the world. And it's called What's the Big Idea? 39 Disruptive Proposals for a Better America. So that's the takeaway. <laughs> no, I, I, that's a good way to place to leave off. I, I mean, I'm definitely even more intrigued now than I was when I originally obviously was checking around on your site and everything. But yeah, martynemco.com. And uh, obviously you can find all the info that you need there as well. That's going to do it for us. This edition of Job Search Guide on LJN Radio. 
Clearly, we're not talking about the traditional methods here, but hey, if you're uh, if you're in a desperate situation or you just want to try to be thinking outside the box, definitely pay attention to what Marty's been talking about today. Again, our expert guest has been Marty Nemco. You can find him at martynemco.com and learn about his career and all of his work. Marty, thanks again. We do appreciate your advice and especially the uh, the cutting the crap, as you like to put it. Uh, definitely, a, <laughs> definitely a refreshing perspective to hear. So we appreciate that. My pleasure. Of course, as always, want to hear from you, the listeners as well. Definitely send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or questions about any of our shows on LJN Radio. Once again, I am your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you all later. <laughs>